Welcome to Leadership Matters, the Grace Fellowship podcast, where our goal is to help you lead with greater clarity and passion to fulfill the vision that God has given to you. Here's your host, Garland Vance. Welcome to Leadership Matters, Episode 5. I'm so glad that you are here, and I'm excited about today's guest and topic. My name is Garland Vance, and I am your host. Often as leaders, it's so easy to focus on the results that we are required to get that we fail to invest in our own personal growth. Eventually, though, our competency outstrips our character and our goals exceed our growth. Personal growth is part of self-leadership and is indispensable to your leadership. In this episode, we're going to introduce the importance of personal growth and how leaders can invest in their own personal growth. Today's guest who's going to help us with this is Don Schultz. Don and his wife, Leanne, have been attending Grace Fellowship since September 2007. They're members and have been and are active in missions and alpha mentoring and small groups. Don led learning and leadership development for two different Fortune 100 companies at an executive level throughout his career. So I'm super excited to learn from somebody who's been doing leadership development on a mass scale. Recently, he was certified as a speaker, trainer, and coach in John Maxwell's program. As you may know, John Maxwell is recognized around the world as one of the greatest leadership experts. Maxwell has sold over 39 million books and has written more than 100 books on the subject of leadership. His processes and laws on leadership and growth change individuals and organizations, and Don is an expert in delivering this change. So I'm super excited to have Don with me today. Don, thanks so much for joining us today at the Leadership Matters podcast. Well, Garland, it's great to be here, and thanks for asking me. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here. So let's go ahead and jump in and uh, talk a little bit about growth. Why do you think that personal growth is so important for leaders? Well, let me let me ask you a question. And if, if, if everybody were in the podcast were sitting here in front of us, I would ask each one of you, have you ever done something really stupid? And I, I don't mean just simply make a mistake. I mean something really stupid, something that you regret deeply and something that you remember for a long time. Well, I, I don't really appreciate you asking this personal of a question this early on. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but yeah, the list is pretty long. Yeah. Well, I saw you nodding your head. Uh, unfortunately, I'm right there with you. But right out, you know, right out of college, um, I got a job. Um, with a friend of mine working at a cheese factory. And I was supposed to come in uh, in an HR position, but they wanted me to work um, night shift doing manual labor. And I th- I thought I was hot stuff because I <laughs> was a college graduate and nobody had any college, you know, education in this, ge- in this factory. Right. So w- within a week or so, I approached the night shift foreman and intentionally used a 
you know, a, a big word, three or four, maybe even a four-syllable word, <laughs> that I knew he would not have a clue what mm. it meant, mm. simply to impress him. And honestly, if looks could kill, <laughs> I would not be here right now. Um, uh, he he was so unimpressed, mm. um, and it had the opposite effect that I thought that, that I intended. Wow! And I worked. It, it took me so long to recover from that mistake. Right. And I call it a mistake. A mistake is is more like turning right when you should have turned left. Th- this was really sin. It was pride. Um, but it prompted my love for leadership and growth. It's part of what made me realize, wow, I don't want to be like this. Wow. And um, it, it's, it, it kind of lit my fire. Wow. And, and just to set some context, um, I read my first book by John Maxwell over 25 years ago. <laughs> it's been a long time. And I was struck by a, a few things because, you know, there are thousands of books out there on leadership. Right. Many people think that they're experts. But what I, what I found when I read John Maxwell, having no knowledge of him, was that, number one, he believed in God, hmm. even though it was not, not stated in the book, but right. I knew he was a believer. Right. Number one. And number two, he loved people. Hmm. It was unbelievable. I could see these qualities of humility. He was a great listener, and he was a great storyteller. Hmm. Um, and, and you could only do that through great listening. So I kind of fell in love with John Maxwell. And that's kind of the context. So your question, which I'll go back to, why is personal growth so important for leaders? I, I think personal growth is important really for everyone. Okay. But I, I do think it's important for leaders in particular. And I think this is really a great place to start. Um, he likes to use, John Maxwell likes to use the word potential. Okay. So if you think of the word potential, um, that's what we want to achieve. We aspire. That's very aspirational. And if you think of that word, then think of the word growth as the solution. Okay. So if you're trying to achieve something, you won't do it unless you're growing. I like to call growth the secret sauce hmm. to, to achieving your potential. But one of the things John Maxwell says, and he talks about this over and over again, is we need to be intentional about wanting to grow. And I'll stop there and let you ask the next question. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't know how many people there are who can say they became passionate about leadership development in a in a cheese factory. That's <laughs> that's really cool. That's fun. And if I ever worked at a cheese factory, it would be bad news uh, for my... Uh, f- I would grow personally, but it would be the wrong direction. So, um, so, so the second question I want to ask you is... Um, how is personal growth different than setting and accomplishing goals? Yeah, the reason I think that's a, an important question to ask is because goal setting and objective setting has been drilled into us in, in, in our society 
um, whether you're in business or in medicine, no, no matter what really field you're in, right. goal setting is just huge. Right. And typically, um, most of us at the end of the year go through an annual review process where we're asked to sort of prove with evidence that we've achieved our goals. Right. And so goals are, are hugely important, but they tend to be more narrow in focus. Okay. Um, and if they're personal goals, those are more narrow as well. We might say, well, I'd like to get to the point where I can do 25 push-ups. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Garland, and you look like you could do 100 push-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20, 20 That's because I'm wearing some, uh, some tummy-tightening uh, underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but 20 would be a stretch for me. But they're, they're more narrow. Uh, growth is broader. Okay. And in can encompass goals and objectives. So so just think of growth as as broader. Okay. Yeah, one of the ways I like to think about it, Don, that's helped me in in differentiating between growth and goals is, um, so this isn't a perfect, uh, this isn't always true, but I, I find that goals tend to be things that are outside of me and growth tends to be things that, that's happening in me. So, um, so a goal may be to write a book or to, uh, launch a new ministry, but then the question becomes, how do I need to grow and who do I need to become in order to make that, uh, a reality? So it's not a perfect analogy, but I do know that that's helped me. Um, I'm a big goal setter. I love goal setting. <laughs> and um, uh, and I actually write my goals down every day. I pray those with, with God and say, Lord, here's my goals yeah. for the year. Would you be with me? Because I believe you've called me to those. But the question always comes secondary to that is, or not necessarily secondary to that, but alongside that of what are you, who are you calling me to become in order to do the things that you've you've called me to do. So growth and goals working well, together. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And and what you're saying is that that um, growth and goals are not in conflict with each other. They support each other. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to me um, because uh, you touched on this a little bit. We are uh, we have a society that drives us toward goals, 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 and that's not a bad thing, um, but we don't necessarily have a society that drives us toward growth and and um, alongside of our goals. Why do you think that so uh, that leaders often don't invest in their own personal growth? They'll try to achieve a goal, but sometimes they have a hard time investing in their own personal growth. Why do you think that is? Well, I I think that's a that's a deep question, and if you um, if you attend Grace. Um, it's common for Jim to, to actually say to us that, you know, he sometimes wants to make us uncomfortable. He mm-hmm. wants us to grow. And I, I think the, the opposite of that is comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think our society, our culture has placed a premium on comfort. Sure. If think about advertising. When you look at commercials, how much of the advertising is spent on cars that provide comfort, homes that provide comfort, all these material things that make us comfortable. Think about sitting down to watch TV and not having the remote in your hands. The old days where you'd actually have to get up and go change the channel. Right. We want to be comfortable. We desperately want to be comfortable is in conflict 
with growth. Mm. And so I think it's it's competing with our culture. Right. And and that's why I think this is such a great church um to attend. I remember uh Kelly Kerr will will get up um uh, frequently and and challenge us the congregation to to take the course on perspectives. And I thought to myself, well that's not going to make me comfortable. Mm. <laughs> but wow, did it change my life. Right. It was outside of my wheelhouse. I had grown up in traditional mission-based churches. I thought I knew what I needed to know about missions, but it changed dozens of my thoughts mm. about where we should be focused biblically right. on missions. And that is an example of of growth. Yeah, I think that's um, so interesting, Don. the The idea of of comfort, um, and I think it's interesting for two reasons. Um, one is um, that uh, maybe a litmus test that we need to ask ourselves as leaders is, uh, "Am I comfortable?" And if the answer is yes, then um, we're stagnating. Actually, we're yeah. not growing. Um, and then the second reason is, uh, I think it's often easy as leaders to call other people to discomfort, right? Yeah. That's what change, <laughs> right? We call people to change and to go to new places and, and it's uncomfortable for them. I, I think, uh, statistically, I, I read 75% of church, uh, members, uh, hate change. And, yeah. and so we're calling people to do something that's very uncomfortable for them. And yet we've got to set the tone for them of being willing to impose a little bit of discomfort or maybe a lot of discomfort on ourselves yeah. so that we grow first before we ask people to go yeah. uh, with us. So in other words, we, we role model that behavior we're looking for. Um, I, I think that's a great point. But one more thing that I just think is so important, Garland, you know that there's when they do research on on growth and versus comfort, you know there's no correlation whatsoever between comfort and joy. Really? Zero correlation. There is a correlation though between growth, personal growth, okay, and enjoyment, life really? satisfaction. Yeah. And so it's contrary to our thinking and to what we seek out. So you need to place yourself in an environment that's going to sort of cause you or require you or challenge you to want to grow. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's great. And so if you're a leader who's out there who's listening to that, part of life satisfaction and joy is going to be uh, is going to hinge on your willingness to put yourself in in uncomfortable. Uh, situations. So, Don, what do you think? Uh, so, some leaders are willing to grow, but then over time or because of hard circumstances for different reasons, growth stops. Why do you think that? Uh, wh- what do you think stops growth in leaders? Okay, what stops growth in leaders? Um, John Maxwell writes about. Um, he, he writes about this in a book called The 15 Invaluable Laws of, of Growth. Okay. And one of his laws is the law of the rubber band. And he, he actually suggests that we should, we should think about growth like a rubber band, placing enough tension so that we're growing, 
but not so much tension that the rubber band would break. Okay. And and I was thinking about that in light of your podcast last week on the unhurried mm. leader. Sure. We don't want so much tension that it causes anxiety and we need, you know, to reach for our Xanax. Um, <laughs> but but just enough tension hmm. that we're growing. Um, right. So I think what, what stops growth is we, we really don't want that, that challenge out in front of us. But he, he says the number one thing that stops growth is we're not intentional. Hmm. Most of us simply think it's going to happen. Right. As life happens, I'll grow. Hmm. But then really as life happens, we actually start to become more and more comfortable in our routines. Right. And I, I really reflected on this question, um, and I came up with another answer that I, I struggled with. Okay. Um, and I know, because I know it's so true in my life, and that is what stops growth is sin. Hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that puts a barrier up to growth more quickly than sin. Hmm. And once we allow sin to sort of penetrate and become a habit in our life, those desires for growth and those desires to reach our potential fade away. Right. And and I, I think if I'm honest with myself, I have to say this has been huge and something that I've had to reconcile in my life. Hmm. Do you feel comfortable expanding on that in any way? And and saying how uh, what that's looked like for you. Well, we've um, so I I can be super impulsive. Impulsive. I've made some. I, I love to use the word mistakes because it's it's a, a weasel word. <laughs> um, it gets me off the hook <laughs> right. from saying sin. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I wish that that all of you in the podcast could see Garland laughing at me. <laughs> um, but I hope, I hope it's because he's, he feels it's, the pain. It's empathy. It's empathetic <laughs> laughter. Yes. <laughs> but I've made some um, financial um, horrendous mistakes. Mm. And in reflection, the mistakes were a result of, of pride mm. and a, a lack of, of, putting my faith in God. They were right. absolutely sin, yeah. sin-based. Um, I was unhappy, um, and these financial decisions dogged me for years. Mm. Um, I, I don't have time to go into detail, but um, they were horrendous mistakes. Um, There's back, that word again. <laughs> back before the financial collapse. Right. And... Um, so without going into detail, but that I, I, I realized stopped everything. Yeah. My desire to exercise, mm. my desire to read, all, all these things that, you know, my desire to have a quiet time because I was a little mad at God. Too. Right. It just stagnated growth. Yeah. And that's sin. That is. You know, it's interesting. The um, Some of the earlier theologians and, and really even in, in Protestantism, some of our most formative theologians like Luther and Calvin and Wesley talked about pride being the foundational sin. It's the sin that drives every other sin. And um, not 
uh, having a willingness to grow or a desire to grow really would flow out of a sense of pride. I'm okay as I am. Um, I don't need anything else. I don't need to become, you know, a, a sense of pride would be I've uh, I'm living up to all of the potential that God's put in me. Right. And potential is such a tricky thing, right? Because the more that you increase your potential, the more your potential increases. It's right. not like there's a lid on potential and on growth. It's as you begin to expand and grow in that area, then all of a sudden the lid re- uh, goes up a little bit and you have more potential uh, that you can accomplish. But I could see how pride would be a um, a killer to growth because you think I'm good, I'm fine, everything's everything's great. That's really good insight, Don. Well, yeah, and I, you you took away one of my points about potential. But there is no lid on potential, hmm. and I think people really need to understand that. So thank you for for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to. I I feel like that's a pet peeve of mine. Is a lot of times, you know, you're not living up to your potential and. We always, you know, there's always greater potential that right. that we can have. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so one of the ways that leaders grow is through pain, right? Pain is a great teacher, and and growth is. You've already pointed out, growth is uncomfortable. So growth is going to be a form of pain. But sometimes leaders experience. Um, significant pain. It could be that they don't hit their goals or a good team member leaves or there's some kind of failure that they experience. How can leaders use pain in order to help them grow? Yeah, pain is, is you know, the, the big question that everybody asks, including que- Christians. Uh, it's interesting that just recently, Jim, um, as he's going through this sermon series on being all in, talked about this. Um, and he talked about how interesting it is that Christians desire to have a miracle in their life <laughs> right. without something that would constitute a need for a miracle. Right. And and how, you know, that, that really doesn't make sense. And I just thought that was interesting. But C.S. Lewis calls pain God's megaphone. Hmm. And that that phrase haunts me hmm. because it's been so true in my life that God, to get our attention, has to bring pain. Right. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's a loved one. Sometimes it's a bad job experience. Right. But we typically draw closer to God when we're going through pain. Right. And and so. John Maxwell has this really great way of capturing this. In fact, it's one of his laws of growth. Okay. He calls it the law of pain. (laughs) He says, and, and and I love the way he captures this, he says, good management of bad experiences leads to great growth. Wow. Good management of bad experiences leads to growth. Right. Okay. So you have a part. And I have a part to play in that. Wow. Even though the pain might have been unavoidable, hmm. how we manage it will almost always, will, will always lead to great growth. Right. Wow, that's that's huge. That gives, um, I think, a lot of uh, 
power to the person who's experiencing some pain is I, I may not be able to control what the pain is or even how the pain feels, but I do have an ability to choose my response to um, how this is managed and how I experience it and how I grow from it. Yeah. John Maxwell, one of the th- things he says is to embrace pain. Hmm. And that's easier said than done. Right. And, and that's why, and we'll talk about this more later, that's why it's, 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 more, empower, it's more powerful to go through this as a group. Hmm. Because in a group, um, everyone in the group will have experienced pain, but will get different ideas on how to manage hmm. the pain in, in a godly way. And it's very helpful to do it that way. Oh, that's good. That's good. So that actually um, may lead us into the next question. So what are some suggestions of strategies that leaders can use to grow? Well, I, I think what I'll what I'll do here and how I'll answer that question is just actually simply give you a few of his laws. Okay. Uh, these are straight from John Maxwell, straight from his laws of growth. Um, and he, he's, he writes in a very common sense kind of a way. He right. is very humble. Um, we mentioned earlier going through the certification process. When I went through the certification process, I was more interested in who John Maxwell was mm. rather than getting more information okay. about him. Right. Because I, I just wanted to know he's you know he's so successful is he really who he is, says he is right you know? right and um he doesn't really talk about being a christian in his books he's just like an expert on leadership and growth right it, it's like if you garland were an expert petroleum engineer nobody would say there's anything wrong with that right but why is there anything wrong with him just being an expert in leadership? Right. He made a decision that he's going to stop marketing to just Christians. He wanted his message to be for everyone. Yeah. So we went to this certification process, my wife and I, and listened to him, and I was stunned by his humility. Hmm. I was stunned by who he surrounded himself with. Every demographic you could imagine. Mm. Uh, because he's getting older, I thought it'd be a bunch of old men. Right. Not so. Wow. Probably more females. Wow. Unbelievably youth-oriented. Mm. Athletes, you you name it. And, and that was his inner circle. Right. And when he would get up in front of them, rather than teach, he would ask questions. Mm. It reminds me of you, Garland. <laughs> Honestly, he would ask these profound questions to these young people. Some of them were in college. Wow. And here this guy is, you know, very experienced. He's talked with many of the great leaders around the world, and he's sitting down with young people from Colombia, from you know, you name it, South America, Central America, Asia, and he asks questions. Right. And he listens. Unbelievable listener. But then when he does speak in front of a large group, he's such a great storyteller. Hmm. But the stories are not about him. Yeah. They're about these people 
that he listened to. Mm. And people from prisons, and it's just, it's an unbelievable story. But, and that's how he comes up with these laws. And so the first law that I've said several times is simply the, the law of intentionality. Right. You have to be intentional. And he's obsessed with this. Don't try any of the other laws until you become intentional. Right. Um, and, and that's why we've decided as a church to, and I'll talk about this in more detail, to, to host a, uh, you know, a, what he calls a mastermind, uh, growth, um, kind of like a small group, um, in March. Okay. And so we're, we're going to go through this, but he has another one that he calls design. So in other words, he talks in detail about designing your growth. Don't, otherwise the world will take over and design the growth for you. Right. And you'll become something, you look back and say, wow, I, I didn't intend for me to be like that. So take control of your growth. Right. And I'll just finish with the last one, which is so powerful. It's character. Mm. Character. And this is where you, you begin to realize this guy is not your normal leader expert. Right. right. Character is so important to him. He says that character growth determines the height of your personal growth. Mm. I, I, I think you can just soak on that. There will be a lid on your growth. Absolutely. If it's not, if you don't manage your character as well. Right. I, I remember um, I worked for a major automobile ma- manufacturer for for almost 20 years. And the biggest jobs that you could have in automotive were plant managers. Okay. And I remember sitting, standing outside a plant manager's office waiting to see him. And there were two or three other people waiting with me. And we were just, it was typical because the plant manager was the king or the queen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, literally. You know, these were plants of four or 5,000 employees. Wow. Um, you know, um, 12 jobs an hour running off the assembly line, you know, I mean, and we were undergoing a major new launch. And this, this was a big, big job for the company. So we're standing out there. His door is open. He's busy and we're waiting. He loved to make people wait. Um, <laughs> so it's a sign of a great leader. Right, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Right. Sarcasm there. <laughs> um, and the phone rings. His administrative assistant picks it up. And the plant manager wants to know who it is. So he yells, who is it, to the administrative assistant. She tells him out loud, so we all hear, that we didn't know who it was. He says, tell so-and-so I'm not here. Mm. Small, little, you know, most people would say little white lie. Right. From that moment on, and I got along well with this plant manager. From that moment on, I said to myself, this person can be a good leader, but will never be a great leader Mm. because his character is impacting his leadership. Right. And so I I just want to close off that question with this another haunting um, growth law 
that John Maxwell gives us. Right. And that's so important, Don, to for leaders to embrace character growth as a key to other uh, other areas of growth. A lot of leadership development focuses on competency development and ignores character development. And uh, and and yet, in in Christian circles, sometimes we we pay attention to character development uh, and then say uh, that's all that matters, right? You may not be able to lead anybody out of a paper bag, and and yet, you know, that's all that matters is your character. But there's such a it's both. But what I um, but character development is central. Your competency doesn't matter how big it gets if your character doesn't grow. Uh, doesn't right. grow first. Exactly. Yeah. So in just a second, you're going to um, let us know about the opportunity that Grace Fellowship is uh, is giving uh, to leaders. Um, um, and before you do that, um, any I, any thoughts besides this group that you're about to tell us about? Any thoughts on how leaders can encourage personal growth in groups and teams? Um, how leaders can, well, you know, I, I think you, you've said this. Uh, I've heard you say this. This 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 notion of I have to grow first mm. um, it, before I start sort of lecturing other people to right. grow. It's so easy to stand up and and see the faults in others and 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 see where boy you you sure could use some growth in that area, <laughs> right? You know? Um, but it's so hard to see it in ourselves. Sure. And in fact, that's one, another one of his laws. He calls it the law of the mirror. Hmm. And it's the ability to see yourself. Hmm. And so one of the reasons, another one of the reasons why we do this in a group is it's much more powerful to have friends and people you, you actually grow to love and trust giving you feedback. Right. Um, in a, in a loving, constructive way, uh, you can ask questions. They can see you. You can share, you know, from your heart. But, uh, I, I think it's, it's getting advice from others in yeah. a safe environment. Yeah. Which, which kind of leads to your, your final question. Yeah. So before you, um, tell us about that, um, let me, echo that. So I do this. I have a one-on-one friend who um, I, I, I don't personally do it in a group, but I have a friend um, named Scott. He and I have been friends for 20 years. Wow. And about 10 years ago, uh, we reconnected um, and uh, and said, you care about personal growth and I care about personal growth. And we both care about uh, professional development and goal achievement. And um, let's become what we called each other is let's be growth buddies. <laughs> and um, and to this day, so 10 years later, Scott and I talk uh, uh, once a month on the phone. He lives on the East Coast, but we talk uh, once a month on the phone for about an hour, an hour and a half and say, um, what are the growth goals that you've got? Uh, and, um, and then how can I support you in those? How are you doing? Uh, we even at times have gotten together at the end of each year and said, let's have a retreat and let's uh, pray together and plan together. Uh, he's a former pastor wow. and then a, a business and ministry consultant now. And um, I can say without a doubt that my growth has been uh, as a leader and as a follower of Jesus has exponentially grown as a result of having this one guy who's wow. in who's in my life. Um, and, uh, we've pushed each other. Uh, we've, uh, it's just been an an amazing relationship. And, um, so I know that with one person that's been incredible for me. 
Don, why don't you tell us about this opportunity at Grace Fellowship for leaders to sharpen other leaders? Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that story. I, I think, first of all, I think our pastor, Jim, would be really pleased with you because he's always <laughs> stressing the importance of having accountability. Right. We're, we are not built to do this alone. Right. And growth, we can't do growth alone either. So that's a great that's a great story. Um, yeah, so we are going to be um, offering this in March. But before I get into, we, we don't have all of the, the details yet. I, I just want to mention something about leadership and growth that I think is so important. We, we think traditionally of, of leaders as people who are in lofty positions. Mm. They have been placed in a in a position with a, you know, maybe a grand title or something like that. And we look at them and we say, that's a leader. We never think of ourselves as leaders. Mm. And John Maxwell completely busts that bubble. Right. Um, And in fact, as, as you think about a Christian, I'm having a hard time thinking of any Christian who's not a leader. Absolutely. Because we're called to influence. Did you want to say? No, no, oh, I, I see, I'm, I see I'm, you so, nodding no, your head. No, I just, I love that point. I think every and, Christian is called and to I, lead. It's this is my field. This is something that I've studied for years and years and years, and I just think it's so interesting that when this field started, when it was given birth, it was actually called the Great Man Theory, hmm. and people got got off. These were very smart people. Garland, probably much smarter than you and me, <laughs> um, got off and they said the qualities to be a great leader were, first, you had to be male. Hmm. Second, you had to be tall. <laughs> I, we're kind of average. I'm not sure <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> about us. Third, the, the preference, believe it or not, was towards darker hair. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you're buying into this. Yeah, well, I'm disappointed right now. <laughs> and, and it goes on, and and they 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 thought a great the the great man theory, also called the great trait theory, was that you had a deeper voice. Hmm. So you know that commanding kind of a you know journalist ver- kind of a voice right. that we all kind of like. That I mean, voice. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that was the that was the great man theory. And there was no real field of, of leadership. They were borrowing heavily from the social sciences. So this the people just kind of created this. And the people that created this, get guess what? They were they were men. Hmm. Yeah. Does that surprise Probably you? with dark hair and tall. <laughs> but uh what what happened was they actually started doing research and they found something some some things that really puzzled them. And what puzzled them were that many of these tall, um, deep-voiced men were, in fact, um, not good leaders. Right. Shocker there. Shocker there. Um, And they found that many, many women, even small women, even women with high pitched voices mm-hmm. were and and they were doing this with 
you know, independent and dependent variables. They were using quantitative research. Right. We're demonstrating fantastic results in leadership. Hmm. Uh, they they tended to be really far off the charts with teams and things like that. And so they were puzzled by these results, but it really gave birth to the, the real field of leadership, and it moved off on its own. Now leadership, you know, writes on its own, publishes in its own Class A journals, uh, does, you know, hundreds and hundreds of articles and research, quantitative and qualitative, um, on leadership. And there is no, absolutely nothing, you know, to base on the old great trait theory. Right. I'm glad. You, I'm sure you're glad to hear that. <laughs> I, I am glad. As a short guy who was born with uh, light hair, I'm very glad to know and doesn't have a deep voice. Yeah. So, so the leadership group that you're about to tell us about, all that to say is it, it's for anyone because it's not a uh, because leadership is not based on traits, right? It's, right. It is a calling that God has given to every every Christian. Right. If you're in college. And a group says, we're going to go off and we're going to smoke some grass. And you're the, the Christian who says, nope, I'm not going to do that. And, and here's why. You have a chance to influence people for Christ. You're a leader. Right. In fact, I would go so far as to say, you're the kind of leader I want to follow. Mm. Um, and there are so many examples. If you're a mom— or a dad, you're a leader. Right. Period. There's, it's wide open. So okay. we're really not looking for the traditional, you know, are you the CEO of a major oil company? We're not looking for that. We're looking for people who are really struggling with, I want to be a leader and I want to grow. Okay. And I'd like to join a 10 to 12 week group. Um, that will go through in a disciplined way. Discipline is another one of his laws, by right. the way. <laughs> right. Um, in a disciplined way where we can unpack growth in a, not in a lecture, but in a, um, in a discussion oriented, fun kind of a way. We're going to do it at, um, our house with my wife, Leanne, and myself. Um, so it'll be very informal. We're going to start uh, in March. Okay. Um, so there will be more details about the, the exact day of the week um, and, and the hour, you know, that it starts. But we are targeting 10 to 12 um, people from, from our church. Okay. That's great. So if you want more information about that, you can go to whatisgrace.org slash leadershipmatters. And uh, when you go to episode five, uh, you're going to see uh, more information about that um, uh, once those those details are are solidified. Um, so, Don, thanks for your willingness and and Leanne's willingness to host this group and to invest in leaders at Grace Fellowship who want to grow. I just really appreciate y'all's willingness to do that. Yeah, well, you're welcome, and it's fun to be part of the journey that Grace is on. Absolutely. It is. Don, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being a guest on uh, the Leadership Matters podcast. And, uh, and thanks for your role in Grace Fellowship and in the kingdom of God to help grow 
uh, leaders. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. And thank you, Garland. God bless. God bless you. All right. Have a great day.